God in this end time, don't we? Let's welcome Brother Safford back to this pulpit again this morning. Appreciate him. God bless him. Love you, brother. God is good. All the time. You want to preach? Come on. I thought Brother Moore was going to preach earlier. Running around here like he normally does. Y'all think something was wrong. I'm thinking, well, the Holy Ghost is about to cancel me out. I'm not going to get to preach. That'd be all right. I'm supposed to be in Virginia. I see he didn't announce it. There's a good possibility if you come to church and you're wondering if there's a visiting evangelist. There's a good possibility it may be yours truly. Because I have been here before. And I know there are other great men of God that, that frequent this place that come by and bless you and leave you changed and challenged and uh, leave you closer to God by their preaching. And it's an honor to be here. And uh, thank you for letting me come and minister the word of the Lord today in the book of Genesis chapter 32. And uh, all I can say, their loss is your gain. You'll, you'll catch on. I, I'm teasing. I've been here enough. I don't have to qualify everything that I say. You know I'm just teasing. I'm not on an ego trip. I know better than anyone else. If the Lord doesn't help me, we are in trouble. But there is a God. Amen. And he's going to help me because he wants you to be helped. And he has chosen through the foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching, but through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. So we need preaching. We need five-fold ministry. It's already been said. And I'm so thankful that you started out, and the key word was faith. And that we're going to be preaching about faith today, because without faith, there really is nothing but devastation, defeat, and despair. But I'm thankful that we are the people of faith. Genesis chapter 32, and uh, let's begin with verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. It is apparent to me that in this scripture reading that Jacob is taking the fight to the angel. The Bible says there wrestled with him. He wrestled with a man. It was a theophany, a, will, a manifestation of God, an angel of the Lord, either way you want to put it. But uh, it was a supernatural phenomenon that he is experiencing, and a spiritual encounter like no other. Jacob is forcing the fight. In fact, he is forcing the issue, and the issue at hand is a matter of life and death because on the other side of the river there is a vengeful hateful brother that has been plotting and scheming his demise for 20 long years and Jacob realizes it's now or never and he he gets a death grip on the angel of the Lord and says I will not let go until you bless me I personally believe that it's his faith that is giving force to the issue at hand in Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 Jesus said the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violet takes it by force. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'll announce the subject in just a moment. When Jesus made the statement, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violet takes it by force, 
Jesus is not talking about physical violence, taking up arms, no. But he's talking about courage and determination and endurance. And last but not least, he is saying it's going to take unwavering faith. A faith that not only endures, but also engages. I want to preach for a few minutes this morning about that type of faith. A faith that is aggressive in nature. A faith that not only stands, but a faith that endures. A faith that not only endures, but a faith that perseveres. It's a faith that takes the fight to the adversary. It's a faith that forces the issue. How many have prevailing issues? It is my desire today on this Sunday morning setting that there be a divine impartation of a renewing and a reviving, yes, a renewal of great faith that will give us the confidence and the assurance that we need that if God is for us, who or what then can really be against us? I want us to lift our hands right now and ask God that He would send a fresh impartation of faith and confidence, a faith that is not shy, a faith that is not timid, a faith that is not reluctant to ask, receive, a faith that is not reluctant to believe, but a faith that says God said it and that makes it so. In Jesus' name, I feel faith already rising in this house maybe before we adjourn it will rise to a crescendo and it will elevate your faith your confidence to a higher level than you've been operating with in the last few weeks or months of your life in jesus name now i understand that the subject of faith is far reaching because with god all things are possible to those who believe amen the question is often asked, especially in Christian circles, what is faith? To be quite honest, I believe that faith seems almost incomprehensible. It certainly today paints with a rather broad brush because faith, I believe, is one of those unique words that fall into the category of being difficult to limit to just one simple definition or explanation. And yet according to the secular world, according to Webster, dictionary faith is an unquestioning belief that doesn't require proof or evidence it's basically today if we're to spiritualize it and that's what we want to do it's taking God at his word knowing that he cannot fail but he is faithful who has promised and that God will not go back on his promise he will not go back on his word now, from a biblical perspective, Hebrews chapter 11, better known as Faith's Hall of Fame, gives us, I believe, a clear, definitive answer concerning the subject of faith. When it says, now faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is being sure of what we hope for, but also certain of what we do not see. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. That sounds like a paradox, a contradiction. But now faith is being sure of what we hope for. This is no time to stop hoping because in your hope, it is going to, I believe, create a pathway to things that you are hoping God for. And in your faith, you believe at some time 
in the present or maybe even in the coming future. There's going to be a manifestation. There's going to be a performance. There's going to be a finality. There's going to be a fruition. There's going to be a fulfillment of those things that God has spoken in your life. Is there anybody in this house who is still holding on to faith? Somebody said if you're at the end of your rope, then please tie a knot because there is hope at the end of your rope, meaning that as long as you're holding on to hope, God is able and God is willing and God is eager and God is anxious to do the things that you have projected and prophesied and predicted in faith. Oh, somebody praise him today. It's still the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it's believing in something when there's no visible or concrete evidence to support it. For example, consider the prophet Elijah. It was a time of drought. It was a time of famine. Three and one half years without rain. But not just rain. There was no dew. That's 1,277 days. And, and I know that Mississippi is in a drought. Mississippi is dry. George County, Covington County, even where I live, Tippa County, we need rain. But can you imagine 1,270? Let that speak to somebody today that's in a spiritual drought. And you find yourself sitting in quandary, and it seems like there is a dark cloud of heaviness and despair that wants to rule and dominate your life and you say preacher it's been that way for a long time well I've come along with Elijah to announce uh, that there's some changes on the way I don't care where you've been. I don't care how long you've been stuck in that protractive situation. I've come to preach to somebody 1,277 days. But the next day, 1,278 days, heaven opened and the rain began to fall and the drought was over. I'm going to preach, but I wish somebody would leap for the joy of the Lord. I wish somebody would take the initiative to get in this aisle and start celebrating that the drought in your life is coming to an end. I understand if we journey back down memory lane and, and we don't remember it. We only gather our information from scripture and from history that uh, writes about these difficult and momentous times during the lives of God's people. This time life was difficult to put it mildly. In the midst of political upheaval and economic disaster and calamity, Elijah shows up. He steps forward and he starts forecasting rain. In other words, he, he said, I have an announcement to make. Amen? And he starts talking about something that hasn't happened for 1,277 days, three and one half years. What are you talking about, man of God? Have you lost your mind? Are you mentally deranged? Man, you're out of touch with reality. You must be old school. You must be just crazy enough to buy into this idea that God can do anything, that God can reverse the curse, that God 
God can give rain where there has been drought. That God can give beauty where there has been ashes. That God can give joy where there has been a season of sorrow that has wrapped itself around your family and there just doesn't seem to be a way out. I'm not Elijah, but I feel the spirit of the prophet in the house today to tell somebody, get ready, for there is a sound of victory in the air. There's a sound of deliverance coming. I've come to tell somebody, you may think it's elementary and minute and it's cliche, but hear this preacher, the healer's coming down the dusty road of your life. He's about to join you in the path that you trod and release radical, phenomenal changes in your life. You can be seated. Elijah stepped up. He stepped forward. He started forecast. He didn't just step on the scene and he refused to say anything. It's kind of like one fellow talking about a preacher said, don't just talk, say something. Sometimes I guess we make more noise than we make sense. More inspiration than information. I, I hope I can add a little information that will help you today to go along with a whole lot of inspiration that I feel. In fact, there's enough word already. There's enough seed planted in this house that you ought to be able to respond to, that you ought to be able to act on, that you ought to be able to take the initiative with and say, Brother Sanford don't have to preach the socks off. He doesn't have to amaze and mesmerize me because I don't have that ability but there ought to be enough word that you have been exposed to through the years of your pastor and other preachers that have preached to you. I've come to preach somebody out of despair today. I've come to preach, hey, I'm not that good, but the word of God is more than efficient and sufficient. I've come to tell somebody just like Elijah, there's a sound. See, I preach this in faith. I preach from a position of faith. From a position of victory. We don't just fight for victory. We fight from a position of victory. I'm not here to preach to you that it's coming. I'm here to preach to you it's been here all the time. Everything that you need to be happy, to have a marriage that you want, to, to have the family that you want, to, to have the peace and the victory in your house, to have the blessings of God in favor upon you, it has been here all the time. I'm not looking for a day that I get lucky and I catch a break. I'm going to tell you Calvary has made provision possible. The name of Jesus, his spirit, and his blood, and his word has been here all the time and that's all you need to go forth in faith believing amen it's ironic to me I find it fascinating that when Elijah shows up and starts predicting rain there was absolutely no evidence to support his forecast the sky was clear no clouds, just a cloudless blue sky. And yet, in spite of that, see, faith has a way of contradicting things. Amen? Faith can look at nothing and start declaring something. Faith can look at defeat and start prophesying victories here. 
Faith is not denial. It's not turning your head the other way. It's not denying. It's just absolutely choosing to contest it, to debate it, to investigate it, to speak a contradiction. So faith says to sickness, with his stripes, I'm already healed. That's faith. That's not conventional wisdom. That's not rationale. That's not logic. That's not operating in the and being governed by our five senses. But faith is that sixth sense that says, in spite of what I don't see, what I don't hear, what I don't feel, I believe. Amen. Because Hebrews 13, 38, the just shall walk by faith. Amen. So we walk not by what we see and hear. By what we can touch, taste, or smell. Amen. Things that we're picking up with these five senses. Because many times as we're honest and transparent, what we see with these eyes are disturbing, alarming, confusing, depressing. What we hear with these ears can influence us in the negative sense if we're not careful. But I'm asking God, like I've never asked God before. I want to be able to have that king sensitivity. I want to be able to tune in to the right frequency. And in order to do that, you're going to have to tune out a whole lot of noise. You're going to have to get on the right frequency in order to find out what heaven is saying. Is there anybody believe that God is talking to you and telling you in spite of all the disappointments? In spite of the pain, the diagnosis, in spite of what that loved one told you, or what they didn't tell you that you wanted to hear, your faith tells you there's an Elijah spirit in here that's ready to rear back and open our mouths and declare, I hear the sound of something beyond the norm, beyond the ordinary. And it's speaking a contradiction to where I am right now and what I'm going through. I'm talking about faith. We need that type of aggressive faith, not this shy, timid, laid-back disposition that says, well, I, you know, I'm human and I, and, and I can't help feeling this way. Who says you can't help feeling this way? It was you that made you start feeling that way. It was you that made a choice uh, that you're going to suck your thumb and cry in your root beer and go around moaning and groaning and talking about how tough life is. Uh, you made a conscientious decision to become a victim in your mentality. But somebody's about to reverse the declaration and say, I'm sick and tired of that. I choose to believe that God is on my side, that God's hand is upon me. He's got a purpose for my life. He knows what things I have need of. Praise him one more time. Woo! In spite of really what he was not seeing in the natural, he chose to announce, I hear the sound of rain. Not a sprinkle, not a drizzle, not a little afternoon shower, but abundance of rain. One of those gully washers, monsoon, if you will, downpour 
abundance of rain. It's the will of God that you experience an abundance of joy, an abundance of victory, an abundance of peace in your life. So get ready, Elijah said, for rain. His faith could hear what his eyes couldn't see. The sound of abundance. Something began to advertise to the old prophet of God. What I'm about to say is going to sound crazy and ludicrous and absurd. And they're going to call the paddy wagon on me. But he said, I can't help it. I got to say what I'm hearing. I got to talk about what I'm picking up in the spirit. There's a sound. Some of us are so easy to pick up on the negative things. And we're so easily to live our lives talking about the devil this and the devil that. And I don't know if I'm going to make it and, and nobody loves me. But I got news for you. All of that, you may be hearing it in your flesh. But it's time to plug in to a better source. It's not time just to come to church and let it roll off of us like water on the back of a duck. It's time to let it resonate and take root in our spirit and say, you know what? In spite of where I am, I'm hearing something. I'm beginning to get a hold of a belief system that says God is about to change the status quo. The sound of an abundance of rain. See, the world says prove it, and I'll believe it. God says, believe it, and I'll prove it. The world says, you know, only believe what you can see and prove factually. And that everything must stand, the, you know, the test of scientific inquiry. And, of course, logic. And the world's view is different than our view. That's the world's view. However, as the people of God, the people of faith, the people who walk and live by faith, I'm glad we don't share the world's view concerning faith. Now, we'll all shout about, we don't share the world's view concerning holiness and Christianity and doctrine. And we'll run, we'll, we'll burn the place down almost for that. Hello. But the same people that look the part on the outside many times are fearful on the inside. And we don't know how to step up to the plate when a problem comes. It bowls us up. I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about all of us. Hello? But if I'm going to preach it, I better practice it. If I'm going to run the aisles when they preach about it and we sing about it, anybody can do that. Anybody can talk a good talk. I've said it before. I talk a good deer hunt till it gets cold. And then it's just talk. Man, we can talk and run and shout and, and preach the preacher down when he's talking about all of this. But we wake up on Monday morning and things are not going right. And we look in the mirror and we say, you're not the same person that was there last night. What happened to that gal that was running the aisle or that man that was shouting the victory? I'm telling you right now, we need to be as animate about faith. Faith stabilizes you. It holds you. It sustains you. 
Thank God for that kind of faith. Having done all to stand, you stand. But I've come to preach about another faith that does not just stand and it just not just endures, but it's a faith that is aggressive in nature. And it says, this is not acceptable. My family will be saved. This is not acceptable. Your marriage will survive. This is not acceptable. This sickness will be healed. I wish somebody lift their hands and let God heal you right now. Let God heal your mind, your emotions, your spirit. Woo! The church's worldview about faith differs from the world. Amen. We are the people of faith. We walk, we live by faith. We don't share the world's view concerning what I'm preaching today, faith. There really is not just a difference, a big difference. How the world views faith and how the Christian views faith. We know and understand, yes, I've said it repeatedly, but we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we live our lives according to God's word and promises. When it's happening and when it's not happening. We still stay the course because we have an understanding the Lord gives and he takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And if you really live by that principle, you can absolutely say what Job said. He knows the way that I take. But here's my faith speaking for me, Job said. And when I'm tried, not if, See, we want to pray the trial away. We want God to come down here and, and rescue all of us. Help us to somehow detour around the difficult seasons of life. No, he said, when I'm tried. He said, I'm going to be tried. It's a foregone conclusion, but it's not over there. When I'm tried, my faith says, I will come forth. He's walking by faith. And that doesn't mean there will not be pain and sorrow and disappointment. But it's your faith that keeps you and sustains you. And along the way, it rises to a new level to say, you know what? Even though all is not perfect in what's going on in my life, it does not cause God to boycott. He's not a wall. He's not somewhere else. But David said, yea, though I walk in the midst of trouble, yet... Thou wilt revive me. David said, all may not be perfect. I may be in a season of trial. But you know what? God doesn't stay on the outside of that city. He joins me in the fray. He joins me in the fight. He joins me in my sorrow. He joins me in my struggles. And he said, right there, I can experience a personal renewal. I can have a rendezvous with God. I can have a personal touch. He said, I can throw down and have a count meeting right there. Even though there's trouble all around me. That's faith. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We live our lives according to God's word and promises. Not according to the temporary arbitrary things that we see in the natural. In spite of what we do not see or hear, we choose to believe. Well, I can't see nothing getting any better. 
turn it on, can't I? And turn it off. I can talk halfway proper and then I can talk Mississippi. Well, hallelujah. Amen. I ain't offending nobody. This Ain't this George County? Need I say more? I'm originally from Covington County. Need I say more? Live up there in Tippa County. We first moved up there 33 years ago and had that Tippa County tag. My father-in-law looked at me and said, Tippa. And I said, no, it's not Tippa, it's Tippa. Oh, it's Tippa. I said, no, it's Tippa. T-I-P-P-A-H, Tippa. Whatever. Hello? I don't see it, preacher. But your faith says, that's all right. Because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not here. It's not available. I just don't see God ever blessing me. What you need to understand, He's already released the blessing. You need to stop running, meaning doubting. Because He said, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. In other words, they're going to run you down. Well, I don't see that happening for me. Hmm. There's no song. Somebody wrote this. Even when I don't see it. He's what? He's working. When I don't feel it. He's working. He never stops. He never stops working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. You never stop working. He's working when I'm not cognizant of it. He's working when I'm not aware of it. He's working when I don't feel nothing. I've been there. How about you? You pray and you don't feel anything. You fast and you don't feel anything. You get in the Word and you can't get an answer. I've been there and so have you. But you know what? You keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep reading. You keep the, You stay the course. You keep holding on. And after all, after a while the clouds gather and the rain begins to fall and the drought in your spiritual walk is over. Oh, let's praise him. When I am not even aware of it. I feel a prophetic word to tell some families in this house. You can't see it. There's nothing that would support what I'm about to forecast and predict and prophesy. There's not any light at the end of the tunnel. If anything, you think it's going progressively worse. But hear the word of the Lord. God is already working on the other end. He's already working in your family. He's working on the prodigals that's connected to this church. He's working on men and women that drive by on this road every day. And something speaks to them when they come this way. Oh, that, that just got on me. It's on. I'm feeling it. I'm telling you right now, don't you give up. You do what you're supposed to do. And God is going to draw. He's working when you don't see it. Elijah didn't show up and start forecasting rain when somebody said, you know, today's a little different. I think I saw a cloud in the distance. No, there's no clouds. There's nothing that would support what he's about to say. Amen. But he's hearing something. He's hearing the prophetic. God is revealing to him his divine intent for Israel. I'm about to send rain. Amen. And the song says he's light in the darkness. Woo. That's not just a song that we sing. It's not just a sermon that we preach. But I think we do our best to practice it. To live by it. When you believe it. I said when you believe it. In other words when you live it. 
you don't just talk it, you walk it. Talk to me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When push came to shove, they weren't just talking a good talk. They said, hey, we'll just go on record. We'll just settle it right now. Get all of this out of the way. Cut to the chase. If God chooses not to deliver us, that's okay. Because we've already settled the issue. We will not bow to your golden image. We will not bend. We will not bow. That's faith. That's forcing the issue at hand. Can you say amen? And they meant what they said. They didn't know that when they were cast into the fiery furnace that he was already there waiting on them. <laughs> Come on in, boys. It ain't so bad. Because I can take the bad and I can neutralize it. I can take the bad and make it of no effect. I can take the bad and it has no influence on you. I'm telling somebody, you're in a fiery furnace, but you're not there all by yourself. I, I'm just going to tell you, I just don't, and it's not about me. I just don't think it's coincidence that I'm here today. I just don't think it. Uh, uh, it may not be doing much for you, but it's doing a whole lot for me. Because I'm preaching to me today as well as you. And I've come to tell you. Uh, he remains the fourth man in the midst of you. He was there before you got there. He'll leave with you but never leave where he was. He, he, he's in the good. He's in the bad. He's in triumph. He's in trouble. In fact, he's a very present help. Have you ever noticed that? It says a very present help. Not just a present help but just absolutely clear your mind and settle the issue. He's a very present help and the emphasis has been placed on a very present. Make no mistake about it. God was saying, I'm there. I'm with you. And if I'm for you, who or what can be against you? He's in the midst of the fiery furnace. And it's always been amazing to me that that heathen king took one look into the fiery furnace and he saw something that no one else around him saw. He said, wait a minute, did not we cast three? Explain to me how come I'm seeing foe and no more. I see four. And that fourth man, ooh, that fourth man, wait just a minute. I got to back up on that. That fourth man, he ain't like the other three. Now, the other three's up walking around. Fire had no effect on them. But he said, that fourth man is like unto the Son of Man, right? Is that what he said? You're the, you're the Bible scholar, right? Son of God? That's what he said. If that king can have a revelation and see what others cannot, if he can, I don't have an excuse. I'm preaching to Peter's been probably, most of have been raised in this. I mean, he's raised in this. I mean, it's Ken in here. Anybody Ken? You got Ken folks in here? 99.9%, .9%, Okay. Family church, I owned and operated. <laughs> Never have felt that about this. It's family church, but you go to some that's family owned and operated. And they don't want nobody. Else. That ain't your mentality, thank God. But a lot of kin folks here, that's good. And you don't think God's in the midst of you and you get along? Hello? Because most families can't get along. 
They can't keep going to church together. They have a falling out. I've been coming here since 05. First time was in 1980 down the road in the house without air conditioning. But, but y'all been coming to church, having church together. There's a God. No, there's a God, yes. But there's people that try to keep their heart right. Amen? And my point, if he can see it, we ought to be able to see it. And we ought to be able to declare it and announce it. That God is with us. Amen? Faith is the prerequisite for signs, wonders, and miracles. It's, I've said it many times, but it's heaven's currency. There's a Japanese yen. And on and on, all kind of currency. And I knew them all, and I'm having a senior moment. So I'd, I'd call them all out. The dollars, you know, America. But, but faith is heaven's currency. And with it, I'm persuaded you can purchase anything that God has. Well, I think... It says, now you've got to understand, rightly divide the word. It's, it's, it's figurative, it's metaphors, it, 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 but it has a principle, it serves a purpose. It says, buy the truth and sell it not. How do you buy the truth? You embrace it. You go after it. You hold on to it. You believe it. Hello? Too many people come to church not purchasing. Exposed to truth, but they never make a connection. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? The truth doesn't make you free. If that was the case, nobody would be bound. Everybody would be loose and liberated. It's knowing the truth. The truth's the stick of dynamite, but knowing the truth lights the fuse. Boom, there's an explosion. You see it. If you know the truth, if there's a revelation that comes to you, you wrap your mind around and say, I know it now. I believe it. I'm not in the dark. This is true. When you reach that place of knowing it, believing it, that's when it starts working. Know the truth and the truth shall make you. That's why so many people today are bound. They don't know the truth. And that's why people... Like if it's walking in the truth, nobody's going to change our mind because we've been exposed to the light and we're walking in light and not in darkness, not in false doctrine. Thank God for pastors that still preach sound doctrine. Well, don't understand it, preacher. Not, not this is your attitude, but, but, but lessons about sound doctrine. He's preaching to the choir. This is an apostolic church. Honey, the time to preach it is before it comes in. If you wait till it comes in to start teaching and preaching, you've waited too long. He's the watchman of the wall. He's at a high advantage. He can see what's trying to come in when you cannot. That's why we need to be exposed constantly, perpetually, consistently to sound doctrine. Acts 2.38, holiness. Well, what happened to my shouters? I'm going to be kind as I know how to be. It's not enough just to come to this church. Hello? It's time for you to buy the truth. 
If you ever buy this, if you ever invest in this, if you ever put your life into this, honey, you're not going to turn it loose easy. It's easy for folks to talk about other people's money. Well, I don't know why they didn't buy that. Well, you buy it then. Oh, no. You know why some people walk away from this? They never invested in this. That's right. That's right. you got to buy the truth. Sell it not. You'll know it. And it'll make you free. Amen. Faith is that sixth sense. And I'm not going to preach all morning. It goes beyond the five senses of seeing and hearing, tasting. It's the ability to see what cannot be seen with natural eyes. To hear what cannot be heard with natural ears. Faith is that supernatural sense that is birth. I believe in the human heart when the word of God is preached. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. It is important, the subject matter that is preached and taught at church. It is important what is preached, what is taught. Because it comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith. There's something about human nature. It started in the garden. There's something about rebellion. You, you can tell some people, not to do something long enough, and maybe they never, never even thought about it, but you just keep telling them not to do it. Human nature says, well, I'll show you. I think I will. I wasn't thinking about it. It's kind of like kids. Hello? They weren't even thinking about it till you told them not to do it. Well, now they want to do it. Three ways you can do something, do it yourself, hire it done, or tell your kids not to do it. They'll do it. And there's human There's Hey, the old man is still around. The flesh. Heard about a preacher in Texas one time. He just constantly got up, got up, got up. Started preaching about rebellion. Wasn't even a problem. Just hammering on rebellion. Every service rebellion. And all of a sudden there was an uprising. And one of the main, main persons said, the reason there was a spirit of rebellion that come into our church, that's all we ever heard about. You can preach some stuff into people. Now you got to rightly divide this. We got to take a stand. We can't, we can't, you know, we can't just let things ride. You got to address things. You got to preach again. But I'm here to tell you, some people think it's not good preaching unless you're ripping somebody up one side and down the other. You take the word of God and slapping them around and abusing them. And all they ever hear is the negative. And you can't do this. And you can't go there. And you can't say this. And you just have one wife, one husband. Hello. That's right. You can't have affairs and commit adultery. Young people, you can't, you can't fornicate. That's right. You got to preach that kind of But But they think that's what. I've been places and preachers get up and you can't understand them. They're hollering and screaming and preaching about organizations, preaching about sin and this and that and the other, and people will shout the house down. Because they, that's the only thing they can connect with and relate to. If, they're, if the preacher's not preaching against something, it's not good preaching. And I know we have to preach against things. But honey, I'm an equal opportunity evangelist. If I'm going to touch on negative stuff, honey, you better, bless, you better think, you better know that I'm going to touch on some positive things. I'm going to tell you about some liberties that you have in the Holy Ghost. That you can have a great marriage and a great family. And God's blessings and favor be upon you. And you can live a victorious life in the midst of a world all around you. That is negative. One man 
went to his pastor and said, I'm concerned about the direction we're going. He said, what's the matter? He said, well, he said, first of all, you just don't preach it hard anymore. You just don't preach as much as you used to. And the, and the pastor said, you, you think I need to preach more? He said, that's right. He said, wait a minute. He said, you're not even lining up and living what I am preaching now. And you want me to preach more? You want me to preach it harder? And, and, and you, you miss about every three Sundays paying your tithes. And you come to church when it's convenient. And your family's in disarray. And you don't lead by example. And, and you're mad when everybody else is glad. And you're glad when everybody else is mad. And you sit when everybody else is worshiping. And you stand when everybody else is sitting. And if they fur it, you're against it. And if they're against it, you're for it. Just a troublemaker. Somebody looking for Listen, folks, uh, we got to preach the word. And I've come today to preach a positive faith-building message, I hope, to tell you there is a sound of better things to come. I know our world is an upheaval, uh, filled with uncertainties. Uh, Israel's at war. Israel is God's prophetic time clock. Uh, and the alarm is sounding. Uh, we're living in the last days. Uh, but my Bible says in the last days, the people who do know their God will be strong and do exploits. Praise him. Hello. In my travels, acquaintances and preachers and Instead of asking me, as I said, Brother Sanford, what kind of revival are you having? How many got the Holy Ghost? How many got baptized? How many miracles? A lot of them will say, what kind of church they got? Is it loose? Is it liberal? I heard this. I heard that. I'll just sell it. If anybody ever hears that about this church, it was a lie. Because this church ain't loose. You don't need me to tell you. I'm an outsider telling you. I figure by now half of you'd be shouting over that. You're right. This is a tough crowd today. But look out tonight. Because you got a you got a history. No two kind of down and out services. If one's kind of subpar, look out. I may not get to preach tonight. And that'll be all right. I guess they want to know what the platform looked like. What about the preacher's wife? She cut her hair. I heard she put on a little. I, that's right. Many years ago, I was in another state. We were preaching a revival. And the pastors, I think it was his grandfather who was the founding pastor. He was still there. He stayed on. And the pastor come to me and said, I need to ask you something. Does your wife cut her hair? I said, does yours? He said, well, no. I said, I get the same attitude about my wife as you get about yours. I said, of course she doesn't. Well, the former pastor come to me and said, I think Devani's wife trimmed on her hair a little bit. I said, will you go back and tell him 
She got the Holy Ghost at 17, and scissors have not been in her hair since. She doesn't trim or snip or clip her hair. She doesn't cut it. Hello? It's amazing what people get in their mind. That's all some people can see. They're looking for something to attack. I wish we'd, we'd recognize what, who the enemy really is. It's not us. It's this mentality that's always, uh, you know, looking to attack and assault. And, and, and I need to get off of all that. But, but, but I was offended, my wife, and she wouldn't want me even telling that, even though she wasn't guilty. But I'm just making a point. But they'll, they'll ask you, well, I heard about this church. I heard about that, not this one, but I said, instead of, instead of really having their priorities right, we'll know how many got the Holy Ghost, who, who was baptized, any miracles, because their mind goes in that direction. They're not kingdom-minded. They've been raised and indoctrinated to believe that if you ain't fighting something or somebody, hello, or judging somebody, Lord, this ain't in my notes, help me, Jesus. What have you done to me today? Hello? I'm, I, th- there's got to be a reason why I'm feeling all this. Get your eyes off of everybody else. Well, it ain't on everybody. It's just on her. It's just on him. It's just on them. Get your eyes off of them, honey. The last time I checked, he's still working on you. He's still working on us. To make us what we ought to be. Honey, none of us have arrived. We're still in a fight. But we're fighting the devil and his kingdom and not one another. We need a revival of faith in us that we can identify the enemy. This warring among us ought not be. Isms and schisms. Hello? Maybe why some of you hadn't made the right move is because you're judging somebody else and looking at somebody else. So they come in here like, oh, I've heard, and I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard. Everything you hear is not the gospel. I wonder what they're hearing about you. They're hearing it today about you. You be not right. But you, here, I'm not going to leave you hanging. You can get right. It's like one preacher, he said, I asked, I said, what'd you preach? He said, I preached get right or get left. Well, I guess that's good. It's kind of, it sounds like some Sanford say, some simplicity, you know, some elementary stuff. But, 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 I mean, he didn't mince words, get right or get left. Well, it kind of sounds like Jesus. He shows up after John the Baptist and he starts, his first message is repent or go to hell what he said repent or perish and you think I'm tough and you think these preachers are tough hello I wonder how many would would survive and and keep coming if if you heard that kind of preaching well it hadn't really changed we've learned how to be a little more diplomatic and dress it up and not be as repugnant and offensive but I'm going to tell you sometime you just got to drop anchor and plant your feet and look the enemy eyeball to eyeball and say guess what it's still repent or it's get right or you're going to get left You can have victory or you can wallow around in your defeat and self-righteousness. 
Well, there's a few still standing. Well, rest of you, oh, we will not talk about the rest of you. Come be seated. We got such an inconsistency. Is this all right, Pastor? Shut me down if I need to be shut down. If I get out of line. See, turn that thing north and go back to Tippin. Tippa County. I was preaching for a guy years ago. Went into his house after service for a little fellowship. And he was over at the stereo. And he was playing, I don't know what time it was, 731. There's that screen again. I like it. Hello. And he was over at his stereo, and he was playing some classic country music, tuning it around. I heard somebody go, ooh. Don't say that too loud. You'll offend some folks in here now. <laughs> Hello. I know where I am. There's people in here, not aliens. Not angels. Hello. People battle and struggle with stuff. And, and, and I, I, he, he told me to come on in. He said, when you get through visiting, just come on over to the house, you and your wife. And he's already got that stereo. And I walk through the door, and he raises up and gets red in the face. He said, don't you say a word about this old classic country. It's the old classic, and ain't nothing wrong with it. He got up my, He got ill. I just, I said, brother, that's your, that's your business. I, I'm not going to say one thing or the other. Whatever. And he was the same man that the whole time I was there. That, this was back in the late 80s and, and those Pentecostal TVs come out called monitors. Commodore monitors. And they get a VCR and they plug it in. They're watching stuff. And he's talking about his district, talking about how liberal and said, man, they're, they're watching. They watch, and they'll let their kids watch cartoons. Bunch of compromisers, bunch of liberals. And I'm thinking to myself, these people that's letting their little kids watch cartoons probably ain't listening to the music you're listening to. We're diverse and divided, aren't we? That's right. It's amazing. It's okay if you're fond of it. If you like it, you'll try to justify it. Hello? And condemn somebody for doing something that you're doing that they wouldn't do. It's whatever you like. It's like a preacher one time. I probably told you, when Paul Bear Bryant died, I was in Bogalusa, Louisiana at a Bible conference, January of 83. One month before I was to meet my future wife. And I'm at the conference. Brother Floyd Odom's there. We're talking. He scheduled me for a revival. Told me to call him. Blah, blah, blah. And, and that morning, getting breakfast, I, I got me a newspaper. because that, That's the only way you had to keep up with stuff. Newspapers. The only way I had to keep up with it. And I'm reading in headlines, Paul Bear Bryant 
has passed away. And one of the preachers was there, not him, but another one. And I, I said, it, it was probably a few days later, I said, did you hear about Alabama's coach who, who had just retired, Paul Bauer Bryant, dying? He said, he said, I don't keep up with that worldly stuff, sinful stuff, sports. I don't keep up with that. And I'd preach for the guy. And I seen his bass boat. He showed me all of his guns, opened up big safe, all of his guns. Mounts, thousands of dollars he had spent on hunting. I'm not preaching against all of that. But to try to make me look bad because I'm reading a headline. And lift himself above me and say he's more spiritual. I like to fish. I used to like to hunt. But there's an imbalance. You, 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 on what you don't like. And I asked him, I said, let me just get to the point. Let me just kind of pick your brain. I said, do you like sports? He said, no. I said, there's the problem. You condemn everybody else who might read a headline about a score. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. I should have quit 30 minutes ago. Somebody said, you should be in Virginia. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I need you to pray that prayer for me one more time. Let's hear it. You know what I'm saying? No, that ain't it. You know what you say. Say it. He's having a senior moment. I'm feeling better. There it is. Jump on him, Jesus. And here's the bad news for some of you. I don't think he jumped off. I'm still trying to help. That we need to get the beam of the mold out of our eyes. Hello? Now, there are some things in the Bible you don't need a personal conviction about. It's black and white. You, you read it and say, well, I, I've got to make the adjustment. I've got to line up to it. But there are some areas that, that's kind of gray, and, and there are certain liberties granted. I understand all of that. And, and, and it's lifestyle conviction. Amen? But my Holy Ghost and my conscience knows when I get close to the line, and I'm about ready to build again the things that I destroyed. And I'm changing my mind about this and this and this and this. Flesh is your enemy. Flesh will not be a comfort and an aid in the positive. It'll try to convince you and talk you out of stuff and into stuff that at one time you had a strong conviction against. And believe it or not, I'm still preaching about faith. you got to have faith in the book. you got to have faith in your pastor. you got to have faith in the Word of God and ministry that God, we do not come along to hurt. We come to help. We don't come this way to tear down, but to be Build up. If it we're not building something, then we're tearing something down. I'm going to skip a lot of preaching because really I hadn't even hardly got much to my notes. Somebody said you should have stuck with your notes. There's an Old Testament scripture that says, Believe ye what? Believe ye 
God. Or I'll get it right in a minute. Yeah, believe the word, believe God, and you will be established. That's it. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Some people are just interested in being established. I want to be established better than the alternative. But you have to believe his messengers, his preachers. Don't claim to be a prophet, just a preacher. Amen? There comes a time. See, you have to have faith in the messenger. That he's here to help and lead. He doesn't drive, he leads. He's here to enhance. He's here to add beauty. He's here to be a blessing. It's not enough, in other words, to believe God. You have to believe his prophets. In other words, his preachers. And so shall you prosper. In other words, grow. If you're not on board with ministry and you come to church, you're not growing. You're just coming to church. Going through the calisthenics, the motions. The mechanics. But as a member, if I come to this church and I've got the utmost respect and confidence and faith in my pastor. Are you the assistant pastor? And the assistant pastor. And I feel faith and I feel that here, Trey. You'll sit down and you'll listen. You'll say, feed me. Don't tell me what I want to hear. There's things I don't want to hear. But tell me what I don't, tell me what I need to hear. Don't, don't hold back. Amen. You ever heard of tough love? Son, it's going to hurt me worse than it does you. You have, it's painful to discipline. But whom, he said what? I love, I chase it. I correct. There has to be discipline. And if you, have faith and confidence in this preacher that he's not going to tell you the wrong thing. But he's here to help. You're going to seize hold of it. You're going to connect with it. You're going to take and let it grow. It's going to, you're going to become good ground. And it's going to take root. And you're going to grow in God. Amen. But if you come to the church, well, that's just a man. That's just, you know, he just thinks he's a, you know, that evangelist. That well, Listen, you're always going to struggle. Amen. Because I hear it all the time. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm doing my own thing. You know, I'll believe up until a point. Hello. But at the bottom, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's what I think. It's how I feel. Where do you find that? Mm. That's why it says, the Bible says, and they that gladly received his words. There was a large gathering that day at Pentecost. But that simply means not everybody that heard Peter's message believed, received it with gladness. It was those that were connected, those that were happy, those that received it in the right spirit and attitude, those that gladly received it. They obeyed, they complied, they were baptized. They submitted to it. But what about the crowd that didn't? 
I want to be numbered among the crowd that gladly receives the word when it feels good and when it cuts. Lift your hands right now. Faith. Mm. Woo! Let's stand to our feet. Would you take somebody by the hand if you're comfortable with it? And let's, let's just pray one with another right now. We have not arrived. We're all a work in progress. Life is filled with pits, valleys, trials. Every wind of doctrine imaginable is blowing through the rank and file of our world. I want to be right. I want to take my eyes off of people. Hallelujah. Somebody told me one time, they said, they said, preacher, uh, I've got this in my craw. I can't help it. Uh, this, this person, these people said, I, I know they're against me. I know they're talking about me. Uh, and I said, let me tell you something. I said, you would be amazed. You would be surprised at how little they really ever think about you. And how little they talk about you. Well, how do you know that? I said, because that's usually the way it is. But the devil magnifies everything in our mind to say they're, they're talking about me. They looked at me the wrong way. Something's up. They're scheming. I got news. That's how the devil works. But faith. But faith in the word says, I will judge not lest I be judged. I'm going to keep my eyes on the author and the finisher of my faith. I could have quit 30 minutes ago when we were on a high, but apparently some things needed to be said. Is that okay? If I've got your pastor behind me, I'm okay with it. Amen. None of us have arrived. I, I'm telling you, what I, the devil has tried to lay a trap for some folks in here. He's tried to bring distraction. See, I'm talking about stuff I don't know about, but yet I know about. Because the Holy Ghost suddenly, instantly starts dropping it in my spirit. But I'm here to tell somebody, and I believe you're going to get on board with it. You're going to get this thing turned around. You're going to get this thing fixed. You're going to say, you know what? The devil is a liar. I will not be deceived. I will not walk around with suspicion, with contempt, with bitterness, with anger. I wish somebody that's hearing something in the Holy Ghost uh, would quickly come around this altar and start giving God praise as you stand here and start saying, God, I'm hearing what you're speaking to me. I'm not going to get off on the wrong track. I'm not going to be distracted by things around me that I do not really understand. Woo! We walk by faith. And not by sight. My faith is when I see people and you know they're not right. I put them in God's hands. I live by faith. I got faith that God's going to talk to them. That God is going to do the correcting. Not me, but God. He can speak to them. He can get into their spirits. 
He can get into their dreams, their emotions. Woo. No wonder he said, let brotherly love continue. In all my travels, and there's no per perfect church, but I'm going to tell you right now, I brag on this church everywhere. I don't say that for faith. I'm just telling you. Because I have pastors that are frustrated. They say, Brother Sanford, tell me how it is other places. You know, we'll have 100 on Sunday morning and 50 Sunday night and 25 or 30 on, on Wednesday. I said, you'd be surprised. That seems to be everywhere. Except I know one place it's not. I said, there is a church in South Mississippi. It doesn't matter what night he called church. They're going to be there. It could be an off night, a Thursday night. A Friday night, a Saturday night, a, a Tuesday night. And I said, here's something else. There'll be just as many on Sunday night and Wednesday night as there is. Am I wrong? And they said, my God, do they need a pastor? I said, no, they got a good one. And he ain't leaving. You'll have to grow you one like that or find you one like that. But it ain't Bendale. Hello? You better thank God that you're in this long term and he's in this long term and God's working on a building. God is doing a work. Your influence is greater in this community than what you ever dare believe. Hallelujah. You normally end every negative with a positive. That was a positive. Let me end it with a negative. You ain't perfect. <laughs> Nobody is. That's why we keep praying. We keep coming to church. We have revival. We have personal devotion. We pray. We study. We read. We meditate on the Lord. We sit down and get good sound doctrine, teaching and preaching. He's working on us. But you ought to thank God that you're numbered among a group of people that is unified, that's hungry to grow. Woo! <laughs> Well, what are we supposed to do now? Somebody could probably help me. Dismiss. Birthdays. Hello? Aren't you glad every advantage is different? And that they're all not like me. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, preacher. You just got to be yourself. Hello? Aren't you glad you're the way you are? Amen. That's right. I'm telling you, the just shall walk by faith. It's a faith journey. It's a journey by faith. You just got to trust God in the good and the bad. Amen. There's no telling. No telling. I felt it just a few months. Just tell the people, this is the place where my spirit and this is the place where miracles happen. Give him praise for that. God bless you this morning. Good evangelist, a hand clap, amen, in this house this morning. He's preached to us, walked in the Holy Ghost. 
worked on us, digging around us. Thank, thank God that God loves us in this house this morning. Send a good evangelist to us. Amen. To preach the word to us. Amen. There's nothing to be said to add to this message this morning. God's used Brother Sanford's morning to talk to us. Let's take it. Let's gladly receive this. Let's do what the Apostle Peter said with the first message ever preached in the New Testament church. Save yourself from this untoward generation. And we're headed there. So let's save ourselves. Let's save ourselves first. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. Come back tonight. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. 4.30 practice for the praise singers. Look forward. Amen. There is no telling what's going to happen in this place tonight. With the word of God that we've heard today and the presence of God's been here. And I'm telling you, there's no telling. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you.